Hi, this is Doug Kay, the co-host of All About the Gear, and you're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes for free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and use the promo code TWIP. TWIP is also brought to you by FreshBooks, the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. Sign up for free today at FreshBooks.com and join over 5 million users running their businesses with ease. TWIP is also brought to you by Lynda.com. Learn what you want, when you want, with access to thousands of high-quality and easy-to-follow video tutorials, including many about photography. Do something good for yourself in 2015 and sign up for a free 10-day trial by visiting Lynda.com slash TWIP. This is TWIP, episode 431, Drones for Fun and Profit. The drone or UAV industry is hot and continues to heat up. One unexpected way the space is evolving is in respect to the cameras used on these amazing tools. In the beginning, all of this drone stuff was relegated to the propeller heads that had the smarts to figure out how to attach gimbals, weight balance, calibrate cameras, etc. Today, companies like DJI are selling drones that can literally fly circles around even last year's models. And this is right out of the box. No erector set required. What's even more fascinating are the cameras that are attached to these devices. Again, in the beginning, the cameras you'd find on most drones were likely GoPros. However, DJI soon wised up and began shipping models with their own cameras attached. And now DJI have upped the ante by introducing a camera model with a high resolution micro four thirds sensor that records in 4K and with interchangeable lenses. But GoPro isn't sitting by idly as DJI moves to capture the flying camera space. As GoPro CEO Nick Goodman recently revealed, GoPro is making moves to develop its own drones. Now, this is gonna get good. And the beneficiaries of all this innovation and competition are us, the consumers. Joining me this week to discuss the latest battle in the ongoing drone wars are Nicole S. Young, also known as Nicole Z from NicoleZ.com, and Lee Herbert from CapturingPassion.com. It's Monday, September 21st, 2015, and this is TWIP. All right, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo, also known as TWIP. Today, I'm joined by my two friends, Mr. Lee Herbert and Miss Nicole S. Young, also known as Nicole Z. Hey, guys, welcome to the show. Hello. 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 All right, we got a lot of stuff to go over. Um, before we dive in, I want to just get a quick touch base on what's going on with you guys. Nicole, what's going on in your world before we dive into the show? Uh, let's see. I've been doing a lot of stuff with my store, making products, ebooks, presets. My favorite That's store. My work stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been getting scuba certified uh, lately because I want to get into underwater photography. So you are just yeah. uh, James Bond. You're always doing something crazy. <laughs> and I got to get like the, the, what is it, like the thigh mounted uh, knife? So oh like yeah, <laughs> yeah, for the sharks. Yeah, your yeah. shark knife. No, yeah. it's actually it's actually to cut yourself out of getting entangled if you get like entangled in like a I don't know, a seaweed or I know down in California they have the uh, really really tall um don't even know the kelp kelp fields. <laughs> the kelp fields. I haven't <laughs> actually things. done any scuba training, scuba diving yet. I'm just still in the training process. But, Next yeah. year this time you'll you'll say kelp like it was nothing. I know. <laughs> but sharks, yeah. Speaking of things that might kill you, Lee is uh, <laughs> Lee Herbert's down under in Australia, where I watched a documentary that said there were no less than 82 species of creature mm. down there that really want to kill you, right? <laughs> yeah, and I'm married to only three of them. <laughs> Wow. Oh, oh, am I going to be in trouble? <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Hey, All right. She, While she... Lee is still married during this podcast. <laughs> she married me for my sense of humor. It's all good. <laughs> all right. So what's going on with you other than uh, signing the divorce papers? <laughs> uh, what's going on with me? Um, well, I actually, uh, I just finished up uh, this last weekend, one of my a documentary that I filmed last year in Israel uh, about a, a little restaurant there that's sort of promoting some interaction between the peoples, which is nice. Um, so that doco was just in the Cine Aid um, Film Festival in Texas last weekend. 
um, which was pretty cool. So uh, that's cool. what's been happening lately. Um, other than that, and, and raising that little baby, right? Yes, yes, yes. That's uh, there, there has there is a little little three month old, which um, oh, he's so adorable. I can't wait till he can hold my sound equipment and I can take him out on shoots. There you go, free labor. It's, it's, I love it's, 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 it's you not need to make some more. Yeah, it's not child labor if they're yours, right? That's that's exactly some sort of exactly. It's just abuse there. at yeah. that point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's dive into the show. Story number one is about DJI. So DJI, you may know them from the Phantom fame. They kind of led the charge for the whole drone movement. In fact, their quadcopters, the Phantom, that the shape of it has kind of been iconic for drones. Well, it's been kind of a, you know, Clash of the Titans, Godzilla versus Rodan kind of thing going on between DJI and GoPro. So DJI or GoPro announced that they were working on a drone and GoPro is known for their action cameras. So they're, they're like, you know what? We like that market DJI is playing and we think we can make some money in there. So they decided that they're going to move into the drone market. Now DJI said, you know what? You're going you're gonna to do that? We're moving into the photography, <laughs> the camera market. So DJI announced that they have two new mirrorless micro four thirds cameras for aerial photography. And this story comes to us from, uh, from Engadget, our friends over at Engadget. So before we talk about it, I'm going to give you some specs of this thing. So uh, these are going to have micro four thirds sensors, which means they're going to capture 16 megapixel stills and 4K video up to 30 frames a second. And the model number is the X5R. They say it's, it's capable of capturing images and video, including 4K and cinema DNG, which I'm sure Lee knows all about. It's got an onboard micro SD card or a 512 SSD. And this is the thing that I, one of the things I want to talk about regarding this thing. So it's, it's uh, three quarters of a pound, the body is, um, and it accommodates four interchangeable lenses. So when you see the headline that says micro four thirds on DJI, you immediately, or at least I immediately think all of my micro four thirds lenses up there, I can now put on a quadcopter. No, not the case. So they're using a micro four thirds sensor and they have, they're releasing four interchangeable lenses that fit this camera ranging from 12 millimeters to 17 millimeters. And while in flight, the pilot can adjust the aperture, the focus, all that stuff. So Lee, when you saw this, I mean, you're the filmmaker on in the Twib family, right? So when you saw this, were you were you salivating or or did you think, you know what, you know, I'd rather just have the Inspire with its built in camera? What were your thoughts? Uh, well, I well initially I was very excited because they were actually um, showing off this uh, product at IBC, which is a big film uh, event over in Amsterdam a couple of weeks ago. And from the specs and stuff, it looks like it's going to be a really, really cool product a couple little caveats that are on there so so on the positive side it's amazing because you're going to be able to get really beautiful cinematic footage and things like that but like so for example one of the things they talk about is you know you're going to be able to play with your focus and your depth of field but if you think about it when you're shooting drone footage you're not going to be shooting at f2.8 because right. that thing's moving around so much you don't you, you want to shoot sort of at least around maybe f8 so at least most of things are in focus. So it's one of the things where you're like, oh my God, we've got all these amazing opportunities. But then when you actually stop and sort of think about it, well, hang on, where am I actually going to use that? Having said that, more options are always good. So yeah. there is that. Yeah. The, yeah. The other thing to keep in mind is this also means that potentially, like on, on, when, I'm, when I hire drone guys to come out on, on a professional shoot with me, there's always at least two of them because there's one to control the UAV and there's one to control the gimbal that the camera is on, on the UAV. Mm -hmm. So this does add some complexity where if you want to go out and film stuff by yourself, you're going to have to be like an octopus because you've got to control the UAV. And at the same time, you're going to be having to look at what the camera is doing, controlling the camera. It's not impossible, but it takes a lot of practice. It's almost like these days with this drone, well, drone photography in itself is, is becoming just a whole career field. And it seems like there's drone pilots and, and aerial photographers that use that pipe, you know, that do the cinematography or the camera work while someone standing next to them with the controller and the iPad and all that are doing the flying. Nicole, when you saw something, when you saw this thing, were you, uh, were you excited? Are you a drone head yet? No, I don't see myself ever getting in interested or into the, 
the aerial photography. Uh, mm-hmm. There, I mean, you see a lot of the controversy around it. People using it in places they're not supposed to. The places you want to use it, like national parks, they usually don't allow it. You know, yeah. you know so there's no point of doing it there. I'm more of a landscape photographer in that regard. Uh, I think this kind of thing is probably going to appeal more to the commercial side of photography. Uh, it's, you know, it's a $7,000 camera. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, like you said, it, you can't use your own lenses. So you have to buy the whole kit. I don't know if it includes all those lenses with the base product, but um, I would imagine not if I were them. Yeah. I mean, cause it says <laughs> it accommodates four lenses. If yes. I were them, I'd include a kit lens and Hey, buy these other three lenses yeah. if you want, you know, for your special yeah. purposes. But it obviously is going, you know, the, the quality of the image is going to be better. And obviously at 16 megapixels is going to, you know, be well, more than enough for like a 1080p video or even, I don't know, 4k. I'm not sure what that Four, that should be enough, right? Four, four, 4K is 4K. eight megapixels, so it's double. 4K. Oh yeah, so definitely. So yeah. that I that's what I see this type. I mean, it's definitely something that is, there's a market for it. Um, but for hobbyists and people who just do it now and then, you know, most of the time, like Brian, my husband has a DJI. <laughs> as far as I know, that thing collects dust a lot of the time because there's not mm. a ton of opportunity to use it. As, see, that's why uh, I haven't gotten one because yeah. I. I don't have a ton of opportunity to use it, and I'm afraid if I spend that money, it's going to be sitting there taunting me. Yeah. And then it's especially if the cameras are integrated. Like it's Lee, going yeah. to, If the camera's integrated, then if you want a new one, you have to upgrade the whole kit instead of just getting a new camera to go on your existing, um, you know, helicopter or whatever they call them. But, but Nicole, is it is it the is it the the idea of aerials that don't really appeal to you for the type of photography that you're doing? For in other words, no. If if DJI came up with a UUV, an unmanned underwater vehicle <laughs> you know cool. would, would you like you could stand on the shoreline and go do shots you know a mile out would you use that i think that would be cool <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's more <laughs> so do I. yeah i think it's i think a lot of it is just the extra gear you know like i'm already so it's funny because i've been moving away like i still have all my canon gear uh, but i also am building a fuji kit so i have an xt a couple of xt ones and i'm you know slowly building my lenses on there but trying to keep it light you know like a nice little travel kit, something that doesn't, you know, weigh more than like seven, six or seven pounds. Uh, but now I'm getting into scuba. Yeah. <laughs> so there's all the scuba gear and then there's all the underwater photography gear that I haven't even, you know, even dealt with yet. But the the having one of these, you know, the DJIs is just one more thing. And you really, it's, it's like, it's kind of the same. It's obviously very different, but it's kind of the same as the way that I think about time-lapse photography. I don't really need a lot of extra equipment just to do a basic time-lapse, but I only go to shoot time lapse. I can't go I, I, for me. I can't go and do landscapes plus, you know, a time lapse that's going to last an hour. I kind of have to focus on just one thing. And so I don't know if I would want to do a trade off of, you know, aerial photography versus whatever, unless I had some video purpose. But then I would probably just hire somebody or borrow someone's, you know, to do that. Totally. But, yeah. yeah. Or rent or rent. Right. Yes. Well, yes. I don't know if you can rent. I don't know if there's that's a, that's actually a tenable proposition to be renting yeah. drones. You know? Imagine uh, the insurance deposit. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Lee, Lee, when you when you look at this stuff, um, I often wonder, like, where is this stuff going? You know, this is awesome coming from DJI, even though it's seven thousand dollars right now. I'm sure the prices will come down eventually. It's but actually eight thousand dollars. Eight grand, yeah. Yeah, which is, seven nine nine. That's crazy. But okay, it's crazy. We say it's crazy, but if you're a filmmaker, that's a drop in the bucket. You know, in the overall budget for the film, if you need to get that shot, because you could spend that much money renting a helicopter and hiring a pilot for a day right rather than doing all this stuff but if you if you think about it i think about it from this the standpoint of like the twip audience and most of us in the twip audience are we're advanced amateurs amateurs professional photographers so and the thing that i've been struggling with over 2015 because i've been lusting after like the inspire and now the the phantom three and you know dj or what is it 3d robotics has these cool they're cool drones out there so i'm thinking is do I need to add a drone to my toolkit as a, just a photographer, you know, just to be able to get those aerial shots? Or do, do is it a genre of photography that you push off to the side, like Nicole said, and, and let someone else that's more qualified do it? Should I be learning that skill set in order to remain viable? No, I'd, I'd well, there, there's a couple of things. And I mean, looking at the broader, so I, I, I mean, for the audio people listening, I, while Nicole was talking, I did hold up my uh, think tank bag that's got this little drone in there. And this is a little um, cheap knockoff that I got from China for like 600 bucks. Um, and that was just to play around. Um, yeah. Something to keep in mind before we even get 
and and I've got plenty of opinions about the whole drone thing. Where, sure. uh, but even before we get started, I think the most important thing to talk about is the legalities of it and how right, the right. laws are starting to shape around it. So, for example, in Australia, the laws are phenomenally strict here. So, if you are an amateur and you are not making money or you're not benefiting from the footage that you are gaining from using your uh, UAV, then you can use it as you please, as long as it is not within range of an airport. It doesn't fly within 30 meters of people. Um, and that, you know, you, you, you're responsible about it. If you want to use it professionally, you have to... So we've got a, a government body called CASA, which is like the FAA in the US. And mm-hmm. you have to be CASA certified to fly a UAV professionally. And you even once you are a certified pilot, you then have to lodge a flight plan when you use it. So when I need drone footage for a professional corporate gig that I'm doing, I'll just hire a drone guy because I don't have the time to become a certified drone pilot and then lodge a flight plan and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to add your little price onto the price for the client and we're just going to get you to do it. And so, I think that's that's actually good because on the one hand, I mean, it sucks for amateurs. They're like, you know what? I just want to fly and every now and then I'll make a couple dollars shooting real estate or something like that. Hmm. It sucks for that. But I think it's good from the standpoint of it opens up a brand new business and a brand new career field because now the barrier to entry is higher. So the people that want to jump through those hoops, they do that. And now Lee Herbert calls them and say, hey, I got this gig, (laughs) you know, Mr. Certified Man, come over and do this thing for me. So now it's an actual business that you can operate legally under the law. I think the FAA is probably going in the same direction. I've seen some, you know, some hints of what they're planning on doing. And it looks like it may be similar, maybe not as stringent, but but similar. But Nicole, you what do you what do you think about that? I mean, do you think it's it's it should be like speaking legally, you know, Lee, we'll get back to the the rest of that stuff. But speaking legally, do you think the FAA or CASA or whoever should be stricter on on who can fly these drones? Is that restrictive to the creativity that could happen? Or is it does it spark kind of a new business? I think that it's smart to make it it's not restrictive just for the sake of making it restrictive, but keeping get, keeping the wrong people from getting these things in their hands. You know, when you're trying to do two things, when you're trying to fly it and take pictures at the same time, yeah. uh, you have a lot going on. Uh, it's it's great to restrict it in terms of things like wildlife, you know, so you don't, um, unless you're actually doing research and you need, you know, and you have a, a permit to do it that way. If you're just taking pictures, you know, that you don't want to get in the way of, of natural things happening and scare animals in their natural habitat. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously you don't want them to crash into planes. You've heard all those stories about potentially having that. And these, it's just idiots getting these things and not using them properly. And unfortunately, that's, a, that's the thing have, about idiots. If they want to get this <laughs> stuff, they'll get them. <laughs> yeah. It's one, it's one thing to be an idiot and have it endanger your own life. <laughs> it's another thing entirely to endanger other lives, even if they're just animals, mm-hmm. uh, which I, you know, think that it's not just an animal. I think it's great to <laughs> keep yeah. those things. No, of uh, course, check. Of course. But yeah, I think that it's good that the FAA is looking into it. Of course, there, a lot of people are going to be upset about it. I'm sure that it's not something D- DJI wants to happen because it, it restricts the barrier to entry for photographers to get involved with it. Um, and it's always possible that they would go too far, you know, like yeah. requiring like a fallout pilot's license. You know, that's I don't know how difficult it is to achieve a pilot's license, but I know anyone can go and do it. It's just uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> to it is. Do it. But with so. something it, like with a pilot's license, of course, you know, you got to go to you got to have a plane to fly and you got to go to the mm-hmm. airport. You got to, you know, buy the fuel and file the flight plan. It's not easy to illegally fly a plane. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> it's really easy to illegally fly, fly a drone. Yeah. And how enforceable is that if they were to lock it down? It's going to be like the war on drugs, right? <laughs> so yeah. you know, if they lock it down, now everybody's <laughs> going to want to do it and they'll just do it. It'll be unimporceable. Right? I think I think part one of the things that is unfortunate to the whole quadcopter issue is that they started calling them drones. <laughs> and yeah. so the, everybody who hears drone, you know, average Joe who is, you know, slightly naive drone oh my gosh there's a drone someone's taking pictures of me while i'm in my bedroom it's like yeah, it's you know, a sidewinder kind of, missile on it yes right? yeah. and it's like that's the kind of stuff that just kind of is ridiculous but know. you know unfortunately you kind of have to cater to the lowest denominator and and keep things more safe but you know it'll be interesting to see how it all 
how everything kind of works out. Um, I think commercially, I think it makes sense if people want to use it. You know, like like in the 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 link that you that you shared is shows a quadcopter over like a big production for a car commercial. It yeah. looks like you know, yeah. obviously they can afford it's they can afford to jump through all those hoops and get really great quality uh, video or photos from it, but. Um, the average person who just wants a few pictures here and there, you know, like you said, I do feel badly for like the the real estate uh, industry because that's, you know, <laughs> it's they just want to up and down one picture of the house. And that's yeah, all I want. Just give me but a 360 they, and yeah. boom, that's it. So yeah. it would be nice if they could make exceptions to things like that. And people could get maybe like licenses yeah. to do basic things like just a real estate. All you can do is real estate, you know, mm-hmm. up and down. And that's it. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Lee, Lee, I want you to continue your thought from before. Well, I think, I mean, the other thing that I was going to say, um, also creatively, in terms of whether we should be using drone, sorry, UAVs all the time and, and doing all the shots. I think, do you remember when HDR first came out and suddenly everyone was doing all HDR all the time? And yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a little bit like that now with UAV footage. It's like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. So even yeah. just from a creative point of view, um, I'm seeing a lot of UAV footage where it's like, is that shot really necessary? I mean, it's pretty and all, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know. Do I, was... I really? Do I really need to see the flyby of the bride and groom, and then the cliffs I... where they got married? <laughs> I was shooting a wedding last year, and 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 we get to the church, and and you know how they pack the weddings in. The the wedding before yeah. us was just finishing, and the video guys at that wedding had a drone over. Technically, if Casser ever found out, they should be in trouble because they shouldn't have been flying over people. But they yeah. had this <laughs> this UAV flying over all the, and I was like. That's really loud. Like that's yeah. making a lot of noise. Like like we shot a wedding out in the um, out in, in like a, a flower farm, beautiful setting, whatever. And we got because it's like this beautiful setting. We got the drones, got drone guys in, and we actually had people worry that there were bees in the trees by the oh. ceremony because they were hearing the drone. Is that, is that bees that's all funny. over the place? Um, yeah, yeah it's common said, sense at that yeah, point. Yeah. It's common sense. Yeah. Having said that. If you do have the money to get one and you just want to get one for fun, they are a lot of fun. I know. And that's why I'm holding off because they're every time I get close to like having enough money to get one, something happens. Like they come out with something <laughs> new or something or or here's something like the complete antithesis. I saw this article the other day um, that this this ammo manufacturer had come out with yeah. shotgun shells. Maybe it was you, Lee, that sent it to me, but I don't know. It was shotgun shells or shells specifically for your gun that were designed to take out UAVs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, he even had a picture, a little silhouette of a UAV, you know, you could just – I mean – for the for the people that you know decide they want to protect their land from UAVs, I can understand it. You know, it's kind of like skeet shooting, but it's just funny. It's just funny where this stuff is going. I don't know. I mean, it's I I'm on, I, I I feel for both sides. Like on the one hand, I want to get one. I want to play with it. I want to go shoot stuff, and occasionally, I want to be able to make a couple bucks from it. Right? Whether you know it's the flyby of the bride and groom and then showing the awesome clips where they got married <laughs> or i just want to do some experimental stuff or landscapes from weird angles and then you know maybe sell a print from that that's commercial but mm-hmm. i you know maybe maybe now is the time and lee you tell me what you think is now the time because the law is so muddy especially here in the united states is mm-hmm. so muddy is it time to just like get out there and stake your claim before Absolutely. the government gets in there and yeah. regulates Absolutely. Be, be, before you end up like us, um, and while you can sort of, in while you can act stupid and go, oh, I didn't know I wasn't allowed to do that. Um, oh. Now would be the time. So, like in in Australia, if you get caught using it professionally when you're not CASA certified, it's up to eight and a half thousand dollar fine, and if someone gets hurt, it's jail time. Oh, geez. so they're not messing around. Granted, you know, if someone gets hurt, yeah, all bets are off. You should, you know, you were doing something stupid that you shouldn't have been doing. Then there should be the, punitive damages, and and you the, know, the, th- the thing is, you don't even have to be all that stupid. Like for example, like let's say for example, I'm out in a park and I'm flying my drone just for a bit of fun, and it loses radio signal, so it, it just loses. You know, I lose control of it. Now, right. technically, how these things are designed to work is that as soon as it loses the signal from the remote control, it flies up to thirty feet, which is like a safe distance, and then it lands slowly. But let's say it thinks it's still getting a signal and I don't or I forget that right is left and left is right. I fly it into some kid's head and it cuts them in the forehead or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you do have to kind of 
you do, you know what? It, it's like anything. You need to be responsible with these things. But at that point, you would think, I mean, I know as I, as the words come out of my mouth, I realize how <laughs> ludicrous they are. But <laughs> you would think that the judicial system would safeguard against things like that and not erroneously put people in jail for accidents. But we know there are many people in jail for, <laughs> for and life, stupider things. And life things. is totally fair. Yeah, life is totally fair. But I don't know. It, it's a... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's tough. It's really tough. I wanna, yeah. I wanna become quote a drone pilot, um, <laughs> but I don't have time. I feel like the minute Nicole, I feel like as soon as I get off my ass, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be a drone pilot. I'm gonna get it. The that next week, the regulations will hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it's easy. Like, you cannot, Frederick's you not allowed to get a drone, and we're safe. <laughs> That's the way it happens. Anything <laughs> I buy, normally something happens right after that. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. So, Lee, you bought one. You bought the cheap Chinese knockoff, as you said. Uh, yeah. Are you any plans to get anything more expensive? Or are you happy with that one? Well, I'm. I'm not planning on on becoming. I'm not planning on being a professional UAV pilot. So, for me, I'm. I'm just perfectly happy to just have a bit of fun with it, um, and just use it as as a really cool toy. Uh, yeah. Again, if if the laws were different in Australia, I would probably have a different answer. Like if I was able to use it commercially by going out and doing a one-day course cool but the thing is to become CAS certified it's not a one-day course it's a bit more involved than that so if it was if it was cheaper and easier to become certified i would and oh, and then i do it professionally wouldn't that but, be cool yeah. though if if the government here in the united states came out with and said you know what uh we don't want to overly regulate this industry we recognize it's a growth space and we don't want to stifle americans blah 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 blah. so freedom but but we still want to protect the innocent so what we're going to do is put these this thing in place where you have to take this particular kind of training it's a week long or three days long of training and then you can become drone certified and fly your drone and you you have to pay and you have to Uh register your drone so it has Uh a number and a transponder like a car car. yeah Yeah, like like, that is what we've got here like you could you could do an intense five-day workshop and then do the exams and stuff and and there is actually a a hands-on thing where uh an instructor comes and gets you to fly between cones and stuff and oh, make nice. sure you know how to control it. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, it's like a motorcycle, getting like yeah. a motorcycle license yeah. in the yeah. US. There's yeah. a lot yeah. more involved. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think that could be an ideal lynda.com or creative live course. That'd be really, really cool. <laughs> Nicole, I think you should teach that right after the scuba <laughs> diving, the scuba, yeah, the right. underwater photography course that you're preparing <laughs> for. Wouldn't that be something? Is there such a thing? Because I want to watch it if there is. I don't know. That would be awesome. <laughs> that'd be a lot of, that'd be a lot of production work. <laughs> it would. It would. But it'd be worth it. It would be worth sure. it. All right, guys. So let's jump right into story number two. And this is about Canon. Nicole, I know you are a Canon shooter. You have mm-hmm. one laying around there somewhere. Yeah. Um, and this comes to us from our friends over at Petapixel. And they they question is canon pushing things too far with their 120 megapixel slr 120 you thought 50 megapixels was a lot they're talking (laughs) about 120 megapixel uh, slr so right now the 5ds and the 5dsr and an a7r2 those cameras are around the 50 megapixel range and they've already proved that people like them because those cameras are selling. And, you know, the the naysayers that say 50 megapixels is way too much are kind of eating their words because those cameras are actually selling and there's a, they found a market. So the question is, 120 megapixels, do we need it? Nicole, you're the closest thing on the show right now to a strict <laughs> landscape shooter because you do that a lot. Do you need 120 megapixels? I mean, do you need 50 megapixels? <laughs> I I don't personally. Um, I mean, just to clarify, the, this camera is still a prototype. They don't yes. even really have a real name for it. It's like YX. Where's I? I had it in front of me and I lost it. It was like some you know just like like four letter string of yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's. Um, I, I'm sure it has. I, I think for this, they're just showing the potential. You know, maybe they're they're gonna come out with some new stuff. They have the 50 megapixel. Uh, so I don't know. It's probably they probably have it. You know, they're, they're yeah. really shooting with it. But 
it's not actually for sale. Right. Yeah. It's a, it may it's never a proof be of concept. For sale. It's a proof of concept. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it could, it, they could make it for sale, right? Like in the notes, oh, like what they said yeah. at Peta, Petapixel, this is the nuclear option. Right? So <laughs> when they're like, okay, we need to do something and shake this market up, they could drop this, this, uh, you know, Manhattan project and, and see what happens. Uh, Lee, Lee, do you need this? Do you need a, you need 120 megapixels in your world? Hell no. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't hate, I'm not hating against Canon. 120 megapixels, I really, really want to see a, a shot, a straight out of camera, raw file that's 120 megapixels. I want to see the size of the lenses that you're going to need yeah. to resolve yeah. that kind of resolution. That's true. That's the other Do thing, say- right? Yeah. Do they say what size the sensor actually is? No, I did not uh, read into that, no. Yeah, and there no. wasn't anything like the size of pickup truck you would need to carry the lens. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Be like, let me just attach this to the Hubble telescope. There you go. There you go. Maybe that's who they're developing it for, NASA. You know, <laughs> yeah. we need better shots of Pluto. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's crazy. I mean, you know, on the one hand, I'm the, the, the micro four-thirds shooter in me is like 120 megapixels, really? I'm 16 megapixels is a lot. 120 megapixels. I don't know what I would be basking in all those pixels doing with my life. It seems decadent. But on the other hand, the photographer and the nerd in me is like 120 megapixels. (laughs) More (laughs) numbers. More higher numbers must have higher (laughs) megapixel need need it. You know. But I mean, the 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 problems that that obviously causes, like Lee, you noted, like what's the sensor size and what what does that do to the optics and and just the overall er, overall ergonomics of a device like that, and then also what would the file sizes be and what does that mean for your the storage kind of methodology that you've worked out does all that need to change not to mention performance of photoshop and lightroom crunching on 120 megapixels Mm -hmm. is it a click go get a cup of coffee come back and see your change (laughs) like we used to have like four years ago (laughs) on the bright side could you take a photo of a sports stadium and then use each and then create portraits of each person in that photo. Exactly. Yeah, a group Pretty shot. <laughs> a group shot. You could do a group shot and then just create portraits from each. each. <laughs> See, it's just crazy where this stuff is going. It is. It's exciting, and I applaud. You know, hats off to Canon for continuing to do stuff. Um, and I'm glad the industry is still alive and that Canon's still doing stuff. But I still, you know, the the jury's still out. At least in my head, on 120 megapixels, it may just be niche. It may just be for select markets like investigative and in mm-hmm. medical and stuff like that and they don't really care about the landscape and portrait shooters um or like nicole said it may just be a proof of concept that'll never see the light of day but yeah. hmm, interesting all right guys we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna look at travel companies that are looking to capitalize on the instagram generation by including pro photographers as part of their travel package This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, We use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know, all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain. And thankfully, FreshBook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or, you know, sort of messing with our creative juices. With FreshBooks, you can invoice clients. It's easy. You can do it in seconds and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger. You're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff. You can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your on your mobile phone. You can whip up business reports. You can stay on top of your income, expenses, and tax time is coming up. So with a couple of clicks, you can generate 
reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP, enter the code This Week in Photo or TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to, uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of This Week in Photo. All right, guys, we're back. Story number three is titled Forget Selfies. This comes to us from The Guardian. It's titled Forget Selfies. The latest holiday accessory is a pro photographer. So, you know, people may wake up and have a Lee Herbert in their stocking. (laughs) Very small stocking. Little feet sticking out, you know. Hello. So basically the gist is... um, some of these companies, so let me, let me read this to you. So the trend for uploading holiday photos on social media has led one travel company to include a personal photographer to document your trip and deliver a daily supply of Instagram-friendly images for you to share online. El Camino includes a professional snapper as part of the package on its small group tours in Colombia and Nicaragua. The photographer will deliver dozens of images to each to you each morning that you can quote immediately share on social media. They launched it last year with tours and already sold out for 2015. And it's wonder they're one of a, uh, one of a growing number of travel companies that are capitalizing on the social media thing. So for this panel, so this is kind of awesome when I thought about it first, when I first read the headline, I'm like, really, it kind of reminded me of like, it was a trend a couple of years ago of, of, wealthy people hiring photographers to just follow them around on vacation you know it's because they didn't they don't want to take photos of themselves so why not spend the money have a pro pro photographer come with you and document it for you and you can enjoy the vacation which makes a lot of sense if you got the you know the coin to do that these guys are doing this for the travel thing but with an instagram spin on it nicole when you see something like this say you and brian are like you know what we're photographers all of our lives we're going to you know colombia just to enjoy ourselves we're going to leave the cameras at home but we still feel like our fans need to know what's going on (laughs) would you would you opt for this option and have a pro photographer follow you around i don't think this is for photographers (laughs) i mean i'd have to pretend that i'm not a photographer to answer that question because there's no way you would get me to leave my house without some type of camera when i visit my family i still bring my camera gear it's a smaller version of it you know but i think it's you know i think this is really clever uh it's definitely a commodity Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. but traps like trips and vacations are in general kind of a commodity to begin with you know it's not a requirement to live we but it's something we do because we want to see new places we want to enjoy them and people who can afford it i think it's i think it's kind of genius in a way it you know it's it gives the photographer if unless they live there to begin with which is probably the case but let's say somebody approached you and were like hey i know you're a really great photographer uh i'll give you an all expense paid trip to go with us to tahiti and i'll also pay you to take pictures of us while we're there. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. who can say no to that? Yeah, <laughs> Seriously, yeah. that would be amazing. I would do it if somebody asked That's me. That's kind of a dream. Uh, I mean, when you think of it from a yeah. business standpoint, I, I could build a business out of that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I should, you should do it. <laughs> you know, this week <laughs> I'm going to Tahiti. Next yeah. week it's Maui, you know. Yeah. Why not? You know, I would love yeah. that. I don't know. It, it's it's really interesting. And it, it, Lee, I want to have you chime in on this because I know you, you've shot your share of weddings and that sort of thing. But when you look at this, is this when I saw this, I'm like, OK, as me vacationing, I probably like Nicole probably would not hire somebody to follow me around. But when you put your business hat on, it seems like an awesome line item to add <laughs> to your offering to someone. You know, you get the album, you get the parent albums, you get these many prints, you get a 16 by 20 framed and you get. 50 Instagram shots that are square, or I guess they don't have to be square anymore, but they're mm-hmm. 50 Instagram shots to share on social media, etc. What, what do you think? I think these people also need to get a movie trailer made of their vacation <laughs> and they should take That's me a as good well. Idea. There you go. All they editing. Have a whole production crew following them everywhere they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 Coming minute this clips. summer, your vacation. <laughs> 15 second clips from Lee Herbert. That's all you need. <laughs> 
Um, you know, I, I think this is on the one hand, it's marketing genius, but on the other hand, it, it, it is, re- well, no, it is just marketing genius because people love sharing photos and images from their holidays, but then they see other people's photos and images. And they're like, why are their photos better than ours? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I think there's definitely a market for it. Um, my one, my one curmudgeon comment about this was it depends on how good the photos need to be from the cu- the customer's perspective, but also the photographer's perspective, because are they going to want me to set up you know four or five strobes and get them to stand there for about an hour so we can get, yeah. you know, t- ruining t- the vacation. Tw- yeah. T- 10 or 20 <laughs> different exposures. The kids want to go to the pool. Not until we get the shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my curmudgeonly comment about it is that, the most popular camera on Flickr and other services is the iPhone, you know, and most people either have an iPhone or a a very capable Android device that can do these awesome photos. Like I would kind of want to do my own. I have, I have a counter comment to that. It's, 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 it's not the camera. It's the creativity behind it. That's true. And if you want to be in the shots, you can't be holding a camera. Right. Yeah. yeah. But but, but, that's a problem. Like, Go yeah, ahead, but Lee. Go but, ahead. If, but if I mean even I remember I remember um, Scott Bourne saying a couple of times, possibly on this show, that you know when he was shooting weddings, he could say, right, Uncle Bob, you take my professional fancy <laughs> DSLR, I'll take your iPhone, I guarantee you, I'll take better photos than you. Yeah. So I think the reason why you know, you know, yeah, the reason why people are going to bring a photographer as opposed to just taking stuff with their iPhone is because the photographers got the eye and the photographer is going to know how to compose the shot and expose it and hire a professional you're going to get better stuff right and of course like i said if you want to be in the shots you can't be the one holding the camera you know and Mm -hmm. like if you if you looked at my library of shots that of family and friends and everything you would think i don't exist because it's just (laughs) shots of everybody else and i'm nowhere to be found right well, that's the same with me and, you know, my right. family and even with me and Brian, because we're both taking pictures of other things. And sometimes we get pictures of each other. But taking we re- pictures. recently, yeah, we recently <laughs> went to uh, Iceland and Norway. And uh, the I think one of the things I'm some of the photos I'm actually I actually like the best are the photos that I took of both of us. I would just set up my I'd be like, all right, we're at this waterfall. I'm going to set up my tripod. I'm going to set up my camera, which is already set up because I've been taking pictures. And I just do a quick kind of, I guess, selfie. You know, I just do a a portrait of a environmental portrait of us next to some really awesome waterfall. And I am so glad that I did that (laughs) because now I have like memories of us in this place instead of what it usually is, is just photos that I took and there's no pictures of of the place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's, it's weird how we think like that. Cause as a photographer, you go to an interesting place, you know, like me, I went to uh, Kauai, um, you know, what was it? A couple months ago and you're there, we were there, we're zip lining and doing all this cool stuff and having a good time. Then you come back and you look at the shots in the video and you're like, where am I? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's yep. no, oh, there's my foot. There's my, there's <laughs> <laughs> my hand in the shot, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to do it. I just, I don't know, you know, it, depending on the, the add on price, it, if it made sense to add it to the overall package, why not? Mm-hmm. You know? Why? Yeah. yeah. If, if I had the money, I would hire a photographer to come with me on vacation and then they can get lots of photos of me with a camera taking photos of yeah. there you go you should yeah, right. you should hire the photographer slash <laughs> nanny to come in and get shots of your kid God, growing up and you don't have to worry about missing anything you know just wouldn't that be awesome perfect oh just you had me at nanny yeah <laughs> yeah me at nanny. <laughs> all right guys we're going to take another quick break uh when we come back we're going to be answering one of the uh or a question from one of our listeners This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online training platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, just visit lynda.com slash twip. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash T-W-I-P. Now, lynda.com is for problem solvers, creative people, or just people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel or learn negotiation tactics or build a website or even boost your Photoshop skills. Just go to lynda.com and feed your curious mind. lynda.com offers a ton of courses on Lightroom, Photoshop, and the Adobe Creative Cloud, and many on just getting inspired or re-inspired about your photography. With a lynda.com membership, you can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching, and you can stream thousands of video courses on demand and learn at your own schedule. 
And courses are structured so that you can watch them from start to finish, or you can consume them in bite-sized pieces. You can even download tutorials and watch them on the go from your iOS or Android device. Your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. So whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or just want to learn something new, visit lynda.com slash twip and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's l-y-n-d-a dot com slash twip. All right, guys, it's time for some listener Q&A. This week's question is from Bill Murphy. Bill says, I've been in the high desert shooting wide 28 millimeter with a circular polarizer filter. Unfortunately, the pictures will come out with a dark blue to light blue sky graduated across the picture. Hey, how can you shoot wide with a circular polarizer in the situation without this happening? And B, is there any way to fix it in Lightroom, Photoshop, or on one? Nicole asks Young, what do you think? Well, the I tend to only use circular polarizers with uh, when I'm trying to cut reflection out. Let's say I'm photographing a waterfall. Uh, you can get you know the rocks get really shiny if they're wet. So you turn that circular polarizer. You can bring out the actual color of the rock, etc. Or cutting through reflection on a surface of a water or a window glass. Um, it gets really tough when you start adding a whole lot of blue sky, especially if there's no clouds uh, You and with a wide shot. It's going to, if you turn it the right way, you're really going to darken that sky and you're almost going to over darken it. And I, I tend to put the circular polarizer away mm -hmm. when I'm photographing those kinds of scenes. Um, I'm more likely to use a graduated ND for that kind of stuff to darken the sky uh, versus, you know, just darkening it because you're not going to, it doesn't completely darken the whole sky. And of course it depends on which way you're facing in the time of day, but Oftentimes, like you said, it's graduated. So it's going to be really, really dark blue on the top and oftentimes on the edges and kind of a vignette if you're photographing white like he is with 28. And then it's going to fade to like a lighter and it is it can make it look really, really fake. Uh, I mean, I'm sure. And, and he asked, you know, so so basically what I'm saying is try, you know, either turn it so you don't see the 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 dark, dark blue, like if you have it on your lens and you don't want to take it off, you can't turn it. So, you know, it's a circular polarizer. The thing's going to spin. Uh, you can't turn it so that pretty much goes away uh, or, you know, obviously take it off. And uh, if you want to fix it, if you do have that really dark, dark blue, you could try, you could try and add some maybe graduated uh, filters like Lightroom, you know, you can use the graduated filters in there. On one has very similar things that you can do in effects or even in layers. So, uh, so, I mean, there's, there are ways to fix it. It's, it's tough to say without actually seeing the photo, yeah. but um, my, I would my question would be why it. this might be heresy. I know some people are going to be rolling their eyes, <laughs> but why not just do it in post? You know, why, why do it in Added camera? It, yeah. Well, that just depends on the scene, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you can't you actually, data. I would actually recommend making that un unless your photo. Okay. So if you have a landscape, let's say, and you want, you need to use it for that reason, then sure. You know, maybe, or maybe set up with a, so many different ways you could do it. You could set it up with a, on a tripod. You can do two different variations of it. You could blend the skies together. Mm -hmm. um, or yeah, you could darken the sky in post and you totally could do that. Um, it's yeah. That's there. So there, yeah, that's the thing that you couldn't do in post is like remove reflections and that sort of thing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Lee, you have anything to add to that? Um, just a couple. Well, because he says uh, that he's he's been shooting in the high desert. So I'm guessing that reflection wasn't a yeah. huge issue for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm yeah, like, so yeah, I'm, I'm a bit like, I don't know whether he really needs the, the polarizing filter. He could have just done multiple exposures. Mm -hmm. Um the other option now, I don't, I don't know if this would help because uh, you know I don't use filters that much. I just generally use NDs. Um, but also, you can get a matte box and use square filters, and then you'd get a little bit less of the vignetting, possibly. But of course, the lens is going to cause some vignetting as well. Um, yeah. That's that's mm -hmm. really my only input. On yeah, that. yeah, interesting. I mean, there's there's more than one way to skin a cat, as my grandfather would say. So. <laughs> All right, and I love cats, by the way. So no hate mail. <laughs> 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 Dinner at the Van Johnsons. I know, I know, I know. No, it's just, it's a Southern saying. My family's from the South. <laughs> All right. Listeners, if you have a question you'd like us to answer in the show, visit thisweekinphoto.com. Click on that submit a question link to send us your question, or you can even leave us a voice message. All right, guys, we're going to jump into the Picks of the Week segment. Remember, you guys can pick anything to recommend to the TWIP audience as long as it is somehow related to photography. Lee, I'm going to let you go first. What is your Pick of the Week? 
Cool. My pick of the week is, um, well, everyone knows how much I love hard drives and storage and backup. So my pick is the Pegasus Promise RAID R2 Plus. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what this is, it's a little RAID box. So it's got t- three ports in it, but it's got two drives. So it's got two three terabyte drives in it. So you can either do that as six terabytes, which is what I've done, which is RAID zero, which is um, really fast. And it's uh, got uh, Thunderbolt two. So it's a really fast connection. It also has USB three if you're using it with a computer that doesn't have Thunderbolt two. But the really cool thing about this is that it's got a third they call it a pod. And what the pod is, it's a little modular connection. So for example, I've got uh, my pod run up with a card reader. So it's basically a USB three card reader for CF and SD cards. And this is more of a design floor of the iMac where you've got to reach around the iMac to plug your SD card in, whereas now I can just plug it in on my desk. But it also comes with another pod that you can change in that you can put in SD, SSD hard drives. Oh, that's so cool. when I've come back from a shoot, if I, I just use this pod um, when I'm out on a shoot. So so I use um, the Atomus uh, Shogun and Ninjas and the Atomus drives to capture ProRes on my thing and they just record onto SSD drives. So I can just take those SSD drives, pop them into this pod and download them onto my computer really quickly. Um, for photographers, I don't know if they really need the speed of the raid zero so i was thinking for photographers what would be even better is you could have the two three terabyte drives set up to back up each other well not back up copy because if it's physically the same thing it's not a backup it's just a copy but you could have a live copy of your lightroom or photoshop or aperture or whatever libraries on the one three terabyte and have it going live copying to the other three terabyte and then have it backing up somewhere else but yeah it's uh i'm i'm thoroughly impressed i'm very glad that i got it all right, so I'm I'm afraid because I'm looking at the web page here for the Pegasus Two series, and I'm always afraid when they have a button instead of a price, it says contact sales. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to contact anybody before I know the price. I'm just saying. <laughs> if, if you need to ask, you can't afford it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't afford it then. If it's <laughs> it, oh, look, it's 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 not the cheapest thing in the world, um, but relatively speaking, for the speed and reliability that you get. It's um. Well, what did I'm you pay for th- it, man? Come on, spill I th- it. I th- I think it was a th- about a thousand, okay. nine hundred, a thousand, okay. somewhere around there. It's not so too it's bad. Not, I mean, um, that's in line. Is that with no media in it? That's with no drives. No, no that, that, that's that's with two three terabyte drives in it. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. Yes, yeah. Bad. So, so it comes I mean, when with media. When and, you're talking about your data, and I mean, as as a person that creates and makes his living from data, that's like you know being a race car driver and then buying cheap wheels, right? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've turned up for the Formula One. Here's my Daihatsu Shirad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm a really great driver. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. That's awesome. All right. Thanks for that, Lee. So around a thousand dollars. And if you really want to know how much it costs, call Promise. <laughs> All right, Nicole. Or no, no, you could just just check Amazon. I think they've got prices on Amazon. Oh, okay, good. We can take them from Amazon. Okay. I was looking at the link you put in the notes. Um, Nicole, what's your what's your pick of the week? Uh, so my pick of the week is On One Photo 10, which is, they used to be called On One Software. They've kind of condensed their brand to On One, just O-N-1. Uh, I've been using On One Soft. <laughs> it's hard not to say it. <laughs> I've been using On One for, uh, for several years. Uh, I've I have a good relationship with them. I'm not sponsored by them, so they don't pay me to say anything nice about them. Um, but I do a lot of, I create a lot of products like tutorials and eBooks and things yeah. to help teach people how to use it. Cause I really believe in the product, but they just announced like a week ago, I believe they announced their new version that's coming out at the end of October. Uh, and it's, I've seen, I've seen it and I, they've had some teasers. They have a labs a blog where you can actually kind of see some of the production and what they've changed to yeah. it. I think it's on one labs. I've, I'm not exactly sure of the, the actual URL, but uh, I've been to their, they're here in Portland. So I've been out there and I've actually got to see uh, and play with some of the new updates. And it's, they're doing a beautiful redesign of the whole graphics interface and it looks really, really good. Uh, so that's my pick. It's, it's $99. I think for if you're just buying it and then it's like they have an upgrade price as well. Uh, so, yeah. So that's my pick. I think it's a really good software, really good addition to like Lightroom. And they've got videos. They've got videos that show the new UI or I, is that? I believe they do. Okay, cool. I think they do. Yeah. If you go there, 
let me let me see. I think if, if you search for yeah. on one while you're labs, searching, so that should get you. So there. I got that email from them earlier, and I'm like looking through the email. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like what like a week ago, like you said, that they were announcing on one photo ten, and I'm, I had two thoughts in my head. I was the first was. Hey, there's Matt Laskowski, my good friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, yeah, Matt. Now he is like the VP of photography for On One, so it's great because I get to, he's a friend of mine too. So he comes out to Portland a lot, and so I get to hang out. Yeah, yeah. Um, on One Labs, there it is. I'll go. Ahead, we'll go ahead and put the link. It's just, it's just a category in their blog, basically. So if you go to the On One blog, you can see some of the uh, peaks, sneak peeks of the new software. So and maybe so. you can help me with my second thought. So my second thought was when I saw it was. I've got the previous version of On One, and I don't feel like I've pushed it to the Nicolzi level with <laughs> that version. I mean, I was looking at this, and I'm like, do I need 10 if I haven't even scratched the surface of the previous version? And so, Nicole, you tell me, do I do I need 10 if, if you know, I'm still trying to, like, get into 9? It's <laughs> like Photoshop comes out with CC 2030, and I'm still right. just making layers with, you know, Photoshop 3. What, what do you think? Well, from what I've heard, and I have, haven't really got my hands on the actual product yet, but from what I've heard is they're improving the speed of it, which is always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, the the function of it is pretty much there's there's not a lot. I don't think there's a lot of new stuff they've added to it. Uh, it's it's mostly a graphics change. Uh, so if you know how to use nine five, or if you're learning how to use nine or nine five, um, you you'll know how to use the next software. It's just going to be much more elegant and more streamlined. Um, I'll know. Obviously, I'll know a lot more once I get my hands in the beta and I can actually yeah. <laughs> play around with it and stuff. Uh, but you know, it's 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 really not expensive software. Yeah, yeah for what you, you get. Know, it's, yeah, it's eighty nine. I, I looked it up. It's eighty nine dollars if you're upgrading. So, um, and it's always you know I'm kind of of the belief that it's always good to stay updated because when things come out, when your soft you know when your operating system gets updated, you want to make sure that everything still works. Yeah. Uh, and it's they're not charging hundreds of dollars for this. You know, they this is for like everybody can use this software. I love so. those before and afters though, because you look at those shots and you're like, okay, that's that's you like the shots on on one side, like okay, that's an okay shot. You know, that's not bad. Mm -hmm. It's very good. And then you look at the after. They run it through some of the software and it's just, mm -hmm. it becomes like, okay, this is a gallery shot that needs to be put on the wall. And it's yeah. essentially the same shot, but it's been, you know, processed through that. That's uh, that's what, amazing. Yeah. What I like about it is that it's not like a one click wonder thing. Mm -hmm. You're not, I mean, sure you could put, you can use presets and you can do one click and it'll add a whole bunch of like layers basically of, of effects, but it doesn't take very long to go from like a base photo by on your own by customizing yourself to actually go to go to a really nicely edited processed beautiful photos because it's really 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 customizable you know i don't know if, if you guys know me if you listen to me i don't like things doing things for me yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like to do them myself i like to have control over it and you can have as much or as little control as you want in you know i heard that from brian he mentioned that a while back no i'm kidding um, <laughs> oh <laughs> my husband brian used to work her on one so is that what you're, <laughs> is that what you're getting at there your leg. i love it uh -huh. cool all right so we'll put that that's coming out in october and we'll mm -hmm. put that link in the show notes for you perfect cool. all right and my my pick of the week is so a couple weeks ago we did or i guess it was about a month ago i did an interview with trey radcliffe in san francisco with the peak design folks for their everyday mass messenger bag that they announced the kickstarter campaign for so they did this thing they kicked it off about a month ago maybe a little bit more than a month ago and they were looking for a hundred thousand dollars to build this awesome bag which you know people were raving over well fast forward to yesterday it's monday um the 21st as we record this so the kickstarter campaign ended yesterday and they had a big party in san francisco to celebrate it and have a feeling money was not an option was not an object at this kit this yeah. party because they ended up at almost five million dollars five four point eight million dollars it's ridiculous I, it's, it's, I mean i think it's great it's awesome, i, thought, I it's saw this like, bag and what? it's beautiful but it's a bag it's a camera i'm not dissing it at all i love peak design i love trey radcliffe it's a camera bag it's just so crazy yeah. that it made that much money yeah and if i was if i was marketing. think tank or low pro or any of those guys yeah. i'd be like what just happened? <laughs> like, yeah. Seriously, what just happened? How did this happen? <laughs> you know, these guys, Peak Design is an awesome company, but they're a startup and they're, you know, in this cool space in uh, in San Francisco. And it's a hip, you know, it's, it's like your classic San Francisco, Silicon Valley startup. <laughs> and they just handed these other folks their lunch, you know, mm -hmm. to the tune of $4.8 million in this a month. <laughs> 
And this is their first, as far as I know, this is their first camera bag. This is their first like, bag. They've mostly, yeah. they've mostly just done like uh, camera straps and like other types Connectors, of connections. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's great. I can't wait to get my hands on yeah, one. Yeah, me too. I, They're just so pretty. Yeah, it's it's really nice. I mean, that's probably what drove it because you were like, I got to get one, you know. And they're yeah. not that expensive either. So it's, no. you know, so yeah. So anyway, that was my pick of the week. So if you want to go check out the Kickstarter campaign, we'll put a link to it in the show notes or just go to Kickstarter's website, kickstarter.com and search for The Everyday Messenger or it's all over peakdesign.com. <laughs> so you'll find it. Yeah. You'll find it there. So a huge congratulations from the TWIP team yeah. to Peak Design and Trey and all those guys that that pulled this thing off. They Trey and team continue to just set records and do things that we didn't think were possible in the photography world. You know, so hats off to those guys for continuing to innovate and inspire, you know, me for one. All right, uh, guys, we're almost done with the show. Before we leave and end this episode, Nicole, I'm going to let you go first. What do you have planned mm-hmm. for the upcoming months? Well, I have uh, – there's a 500px, and I, I see that Lee is also going to say this as well. That's because I just – he reminded me, actually, that I have a 500px photo walk coming up. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, and so on Saturday, the 26th, is the 500px Fujifilm photo walk and they're all over i believe all over the world cool. uh so go ahead and look on uh i think the 500 px website should have the list of all of the cities um, that are actually being hosted but i'm leading the one here in portland oregon uh so if anyone's interested you're welcome to come there's going to be prizes there's going to be photo contests it's going to be kind of cool um so that's that and it's free. They're all free. Uh, I'm also attending. This is my first time attending a workshop. Mm. So I'm really excited. Uh, David Dushiman runs these workshops called Within the Frame. And he's doing a portfolio series where it's like very small. It's like literally four people can go to these workshops. And so me, wow. my husband, and two other photographers, wow. I don't know who they are, are going to be in Venice in November mm. for a week. And David Dushman's a really good friend of mine too. So um, he's probably one of the few photographers that I would pay to do a workshop yeah. with. It's, you yeah, know, when you're a photographer, too. you yeah. get, yes, you get very particular over, you know, cause I, I'm a photographer, I'm an educator. So I have to be very selective. Like who is going to teach me something that I don't already know, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I know that this is something I'm really excited about it to just grow uh, as a photographer. So, so I have that coming up and then I'm also, we're also taking a, about a week in Italy, just taking the train to a couple other cities and yeah, while, while you're so. in the neighborhood right Why not? exactly <laughs> you know? exactly so so that's what i have coming up in a couple months i'm really excited that's cool that's cool and i'm trying to remember you remember um geez it was a couple years ago maybe four three years ago david got hurt um he did he felt i remember was, exactly was i think Venice? it's actually yeah, that was i believe it's florence, the place we're going to yeah that's what i thought oh, was it florence or pisa was, was it pisa yeah, oh, I, yeah I, don't I don't remember exactly. But yeah. It was Italy. It was definitely yeah, Italy. Yeah, was but Italy. yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, because he was yeah, walking was backwards awful. and he, you know, yeah, took like one step too far or something, something, right? Yeah, he was like, I think he was, from what I heard, he was scouting a photo. He was standing kind of on a ledge, yeah. like over a canal kind of area. He's like 20 feet drop, 10 to 20 feet drop. He was scouting and just foot, lost his footing and just straight down, broke his both of his ankles and I believe his hip. Yeah. I don't know. The, yeah, the, he was the airlifted extent, out but, of there in a helicopter the whole nine yards yeah. and... I mean, to this day, he's still recovering from that. So that's... I believe so. I'll find out. (laughs) I haven't seen him in several... It's been a long... I saw him. I actually met up with him right before then. I haven't seen him in person since then. Um, But So it'll be... Yeah, I'll get to see how he's doing. I'm sure he's... I know he does all... He's really active. He still travels. He still does stuff. I know he's into underwater photography as well. So... um, Didn't stop him. (laughs) So where where is the workshop located if people want to go sign up for one in the future online? Uh, If you go to withintheframeadventures.com... They have, you know, and I think David, David leads some of them. He has some other, uh, another photographer or two that also they kind of share responsibility in leading the workshops. Uh, but they have some really, really great locations that they take you to. I, this is my first one that I've done. So I'll give you, a, I'll give an update. Yeah, we'll get back. a full report on TWIP when you come <laughs> yeah. back. Well, cool. Well, congratulations. Sure. Sounds like you guys are going to have a blast. I love it. Yeah. You know, follow me on Instagram and you might see I will. I, We follow you on Instagram and I'm just, I live vicariously through you because you're like, and you're always doing something interesting. Like I remember, we, what was it? A couple, One of the last trips you went on, you and Brian were doing these shots through the iPhone. Oh, I do. So that was, I did a lot of that when I was in Hawaii earlier yeah. this year. I think it was early in January. I take a picture with one of those Fuji Instax. Mm-hmm. I get the wide, the wide Fuji Instax. I have a small one too. And then I hold it up and I kind of try and, you know, level the horizon in both of the photos. And then I take a picture of the, of the, 
basically like a Polaroid. Yeah. You know, I'm a just picture of a print. picture. Inception. Yeah, a picture picture. I called the I called them Nicolzygrams. <laughs> yeah, <you're Nicole. laughs> so that was my hashtag. Hashtag Nicolzygrams. Nice, nice. So if people want to see those, yeah. they can just go search for that hashtag and and pull them up. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> awesome. All right, Lee Herbert. What is your what's your uh, what do you have coming up in the coming months? Um, well, as as Nicolzy uh, mentioned, we've got the 500 Bix Photo Walk. So I'm uh, one of the leaders for the Melbourne one. So uh, again, it's free and there'll be prizes and lots of fun, and lots of photos. So um, come along if you're in uh, Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne, Florida, I don't know if they're having one or not, but Melbourne, Australia, we're sorted. Um, and other than that, in the next couple of months, I'm running my stills to motion workshops in conjunction with a company here called Lab Space Australia, which are mm. a final cut and premiere and and all video things training center so we're running those workshops in the next couple of months and i've put the link in the show notes so people can go up and sign up if they want to learn how to improve their video skills and that's and... called stills to motion right the workshop yeah stills to motion workshop it sounds like a it sounds like a recovery program or something as if we're as if we're recovering <laughs> photographers that need to move into video or like it yeah yeah why not that's that's uh <laughs> Yeah, that it's works. Little, we'll, we'll go with that. It's it's, it's, it's it's less diplomatic than I would put it, but yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> I, I tend to be less diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you both for coming on the show. It's been a ton of fun. We talked about a lot of interesting stuff. Um, and I know Nicole's going to run out and go get her drone after she hangs up from this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm clicking buy on Amazon right Or just now. go dust off the one Brian doesn't fly. Yeah, I'll just steal his. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? Why would I buy my yeah, own? Yeah, probably not even charged. I love it. <laughs> it's all right. I take care of that. That's easy. All right. Cool. Well, thank you both again for coming on. Always a pleasure. And uh, that brings us to another, the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. I want to thank our sponsors for this episode, both FreshBooks and Lynda.com for their support. Without them, there would be no show. And be sure to visit our website over at thisweekinphoto.com. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap. Nicole, are you ready? I'm ready. Off. Week in Photo is a PixelCore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.